0: Hello, we've been expecting you. I'd like to welcome you to Thoughts from Aunt Wu, the Avatar podcast where we know the future. Today we'll be discussing Book 1, Episode 13, The Blue Spirit. Today my panel consists of Corey, who didn't say hello, there we go, and Charles. Hello. We might be hearing from Lindsay at some point, she sh- may be sending me something, if not, it's okay. I have, we should be fine with this So, um, our initial thoughts on Blue Spirit Uh, Let's get things started right away Corey, go ahead
1: Uh, This is one of those quintessential episodes Where a lot of future stuff gets established We got my favorite antagonist in this show Zhao uh, Turning an Admiral Zhao A very well-deserved promotion, I might add (laughs) Uh, Sure (laughs) We'll talk about that we got the uh, the blue spirit, which of course is vigilante. Uh, um, oh god! Uh, oh my god! I can't believe I'm blinking. Batman. Batman. It's Batman. It's Batman. It's Batman. Batman no, yes. no,
0: we, we, we don't we don't talk about Batman on this show. He he's, he's Oliver Queen. That's, that's all you're allowed to say.
2: He's Oliver But he doesn't yes. shoot arrows. I don't care. What? Oliver uses swords.
1: It's true. That's very true. He doesn't
2: wear a mask, does he? Um, yeah, he does. Oh, I thought he's still had that All right, stupid. We're not, we're not like...
0: turning this into it. We're not wearing this and turning this into an Arrow podcast. No, but, not now.
2: Fine, one he's, day. He's Ezio, okay? That, that's probably a more apps comparison here. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Zuko is the name, by the way. I can't believe I'm
1: bullying Zuko. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah>. That <laughs> was what you were blanking <laughs> on, Zuko. <laughs> oh we're off to a wonderful start guys so that's that's reoccurring throughout the uh throughout the series um and um it's like it's one of those episodes that's more setup versus execution in my opinion it's i don't think it's one of the strongest episodes but in terms of overarching what it does lead to for the rest of the series it's a very good introduction to a lot of things
2: all right charles i mean i think it's, i thought it was a great episode um, now, it does set up a lot, some stuff for the future, um, clearly less than the last episode we watched, but what this does that the last episode didn't do was ha- strike a better balance between, or in my opinion, a, uh, stronger balance between action and emotional tenets. Um... In addition to that, just visually, I mean this is true of every episode in Avatar, but uh, I would love the theming they went with, how the color palettes they chose and stuff. Also, uh, I mean, did we see how scarily competent Zuko is when he isn't bending? I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome, always. And then Zhao, who I've got some choice words about, but we'll hear them later.
0: All right, cool. Um, I think, for me, this episode's a little bit interesting. I really... Uh, I did like the episode a lot, uh, but between the this episode and Storm, originally I thought that I liked this episode more because there's a little bit more action and it... I felt like oh it, it it executed a lot of things better, but looking back or, or looking now it um, it, it cha- it's changed a little bit I, to the point where I actually think that Storm was the stronger episode by a pretty clear margin. Um, I like this episode a lot, but there are a couple of problems that I have with it, and we'll get into those uh, in detail when we when we get there. Um, overall, that being said, I do like um, some things a lot. I think that in general. The music in this episode is is extremely strong, and I think that this episode does a great job of showing Aang and Zuko's sort of mental state and where they are in this journey um, very well. And if last episode was a lot was very much about the past, this episode is a lot more about the present um, and and sort of the going into the future, uh, which I think is was kind of an interesting choice. Um, I also think that in general, also going with that, like the the choice to put these two episodes back to back is interesting. Um, I know that you know you can kind of argue, well, it, things happen in a certain way, but it, it it sort of kind of goes to what I said before about like we had this episode before the last episode that was all about flashbacks, and we're gonna we're gonna really te- like you're gonna teach us why Aang is where he is, why Zuko is where he is, and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then this episode, which you kind of Took Lang away from his his the team kind of took Zuko away from his element and it it, it was kind of it, I just think it's an interesting choice that they put uh, put this directly after um, the storm so all right so with those initial thoughts we'll get into our episode discussion um, the first thing I want to mention I, I said it in my opening but in general the music especially the blue spirit theme is really really good. Um, it sets that tone really well, and it, it what's great about it also is that later on in the series when we get moments with the blue spirit, you hear that that little theme and immediately you're like, oh here you know where is it you know he's somewhere you know you know the, you know the blue spirit is gonna be showing up which I think is um really positive um another thing right from the start i I love that the way the the Yu, Yu Yan archers are introduced and the way the fight between Zhao and the general, I, I, I don't know his name off the top of my head, um, comes. Because I, I've said a lot, one of the important things about the beginning of this show is to show what the Fire Nation army is actually like. And there's a lot of subtlety done in this fight that's, that's really good. Um, and I think that, for me, one of the things that's a mark of a truly great show or truly great writing is using what could be a bit of a throwaway, and and, and having it build story and build um, build character, and I think that this is important because for one, you can see that when the when the general says that the, the search for the avatar is a vanity project, that he he doesn't view the avatar as this big threat, and I think that that's important, partially because we've seen that Aang hasn't done anything. Aang is basically like not really posed any threat, so it makes sense to reason that the the sort of average Fire Nation guy, who's to some extent trying to win a war isn't going to be totally consumed by, oh, the Avatar is going to do something because what has Aang done? While Zhao sees this as a, a chance for glory. Um, the other thing is um, when, when the general says we're fighting a real war here and I need every man I've got, I, it, it adds a certain level of, of realness to this war that even though we've we've seen that the Fire Nation is more or less winning in most cases, that it's not as cut and dry of like, oh yeah, we've got men to spare, go do whatever you want. That you can see that the Fire Nation still has some some bit of struggle, and that the there is, it's not as cut and dry as just, yep, Fire Nation just wins.
1: A few points to make on top of what you've been saying. Um, I think the archers um, are kind of the most underutilized thing. I, I agree with you that their setup is. Flawless and they're very intimidating. I just wish they played more of a, a role with Admiral Zhao, um, especially moving forward in the series, where they could be his, like, personal guard, and, like, you, you really have them be menacing and, like, things... Not only that, like, protect him and, and his crew and everything, but I think, like, you don't really utilize them to their full potential, especially with the introduction they get this episode, where a first-time viewer would think that they're going to be very important moving forward, so that, that that was that that kind of upset me. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you what you said, one of them
0: does return, just yes.
1: yeah, but like again, I think they're not utilized to their full potential. This, yeah, they have they had potential to be like the secret guard of Zhao, and I, I, I think they're, they're not doing that, especially mm-hmm. like, again in, in comparison to the Kyoshi Warriors. You, you see, they get a very flawless introduction, and they're a main. Ask imagine them being like the antagonist of them and having them have like personal fights it, it would have been very fu- fun to watch
2: yeah that would have been pretty awesome
1: um, on top of that I agree with what you said with the like theme music with the blue spirit it's like almost like a vigilante and I think it really fits like a, a, a type of vigilante theme where you, you 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 have it like I think a lot of like vigilantes have it nowadays with like their own little like personal like, beat going to it so I agree with you on that it's very well done um, uh, did I have anything else to say? Those are the two big ones for
2: now, so yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and some quick uh, point of fact things. Uh, the guy Zhao is talking to on the wall is, um, a colonel. And oh, they, sorry. and Not they, good.
0: it's Colonel Shinu, actually. Yeah. I'm remembering. And
2: the, stu- the weird thing is that they're of different. Parts of the military, they're not even. Well, in- this isn't the U. I mean, it. I, I don't
0: know how the Fire Nation ranks actually work.
2: No, like I. I okay, I just checked this on the wiki because it. Oh, okay. It there is a confirmation on that? Yeah, like I mean, uh, okay. Zhao's um, a naval commander, and the guy is yeah. uh, army based. So mm-hmm. there's a thing. Also, on the point of the UN archers, uh, while well, I think they ha- had a. You know, their introduction was great and they had a lot of potential to be recurring, at least as um, villains. What we find in general, for Avatar especially, it's like almost that single characters make groups. Um, mm-hmm. And while their introduction as a group was great, they didn't, you know, develop any individual out of them, right?
0: Yeah, there's no leader for us to get invested in. Yeah. to have them come back, like Kyoshi comes back. The Kyoshi warriors come back because of Suki, not the Kyoshi
2: warriors. I guess. Well, yeah, in in my opinion, also the fact that um, spoilers for people listening, that uh, Zhao gets spirited away uh, at the end of this spirited season. away at the end of this season means that um. Since they were serving under him, there, there's some a little bit of limitation to their future uses there after his death. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. I don't entirely mind that. I think that it's also important to note on your point, Corey, and I, I try to stay away from this type of to- thinking because, to me, the, the narrative itself is so deep and interesting. It's, it's much more important to look at the narrative itself, but it is important to note that the Kyoshi Warriors were not planned to come back. They were supposed to be a one-off. Um... Now, I think it's truly incredible that they were able to pull off such a great introduction not expecting the, those characters to come back and it, it paid off when they brought them back. But I do think that it's not it's not like this would be a completely unknown thing. It just kind of... It turned out that this show got really good at bringing characters back. Um, but I agree with Charles that, that, that the, the Archers, I think, were hurt by the fact that they didn't have an individual. And they at least... They are acknowledging it, as I said, because one of the Rough Rhinos is, an, is a U.E.N. Archer, so it is... At least there's like... It's not like we never see them again at all. Uh, I understand Corey's point, though, about, like, it would have been kind of cool to see these guys a bunch of times. I, I think that part of the interesting thing, though, with them is I'm not sure how good they would have been, like, once you knew about them. I feel like they kind of caught Aang by surprise. But, I don't know, we'll get to that when we get to Aang's fight with them. Um... A small detail that I had never noticed, um, and like really had never noticed, was the fact that the they said that the you know, the Sakas and then Katara's illness was from being out in the storm for so long, um, which at least tells us that this has been like a very short period of time between uh, between episodes. Um, and I know we've talked before about at times uh, time itself is kind of complicated, where they it's not really sure like oh was it is it been a week is it been you know a day whatever. So at least this time they do kind of. Very clearly show us. Okay, this is, rarely you know, within a day or two after the storm, is Isaka's and, and now Katara is sick. Um, and I at least like I like details like that. I like when the show is kind of held together. Like you know exactly when things start. But uh, I think it's a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the reason they, um, well, I, I think the whole sickness is just a plot device to get. The the plot moving, and I'm not saying that in a bad way at all. I'm just saying like, you're right. It it shows passage of time, but I I think it's it's more so just a means to get Ang separated from Katara and uh, Saka.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like I said. It's not a big thing, but it just it's it's one of those little details that I I do like. Um, Now, one question I have for you guys is. The fact that Zuko was spying on Aang at the very... Or that Zhao, sorry, at the start. For me, that makes sense because he's like... Zhao is leading the charge for the Avatar. He's trying to get figure out what intelligence Zhao would have. But do you think that that makes sense?
2: What was your question? Wait, run that by us again.
0: Sorry. We see the blue spirit on top of the watchtower spying on this meeting. And for me, I think it makes sense because Zuko would see Zhao as the person to watch. Zhao is leading the search for the Avatar, so he wants to figure out what intelligence the Fire Nation would have on Aang. But do you think... Because for a minute, I kind of was like, wait a minute. Should he, like... Does that need to be there? Like, do you think that that was was necessary, or do you think that that was totally fine?
3: I think
1: it was fine. I think it was really just there as an establishing shot and the show Mm to try to give some hint to the viewer on what this vigilante's motives might be like is it does he actually want to capture like the avatar himself like you have no idea what's going through his head so i think it's good to, to leave the viewers you know questioning this stuff
0: also is the word i feel like vigilante is not actually the right word Are you sure? because he's not like serving his own justice outside of the state he's just like Wait,
2: I don't, I, isn't I, I he literally it. serving his own justice literally outside of the What I mean, what I mean is he's not,
0: like, he's not policing the streets of the Fire Nation as, like, not a police officer. He's, he, I feel like vigilante is the wrong word. I mean, what do we call Robin Hood? But Robin Hood is Rob, no, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't call Robin Hood a vigilante. Well, that's what I'm asking. What do we call A thief? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a... That it that's not a discussion we need to have. I just I don't know, I was thinking about it. If we call it with a better name for it at some point we will.
2: He's um, he's a ninja. I'm
0: telling you. Yeah, that's fair. He is a ninja. Right. Um speaking of silly things, I, I have to agree with Saka. I I love Oppa's sense of humor. His he is he's the he's the funniest character in the show, right?
2: I mean it's 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 pretty on point. Mm-hmm.
1: I love I love delirious soccer, by the way that's when it's
2: humor oh, yeah. really uh, shines the best. Oh yeah,
0: delusional soccer is the, is 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 a is a high is a end Um This is not as good as Cactus Juice soccer, but this is up there. <laughs> I I enjoyed him thoroughly throughout this episode. Yeah. Um, another small thing, and and I I don't know if I'm going too crazy with this, but I feel like this is another moment where, as soon as it's comes down to Aang's friends. Aang is like snapped into action, ready to go do something. Like, do you guys get that feel that he has a, his way more enthusiasm for doing something that would directly impact his friends compared to like doing something that would
2: be better for the world? I, I think that's a theme we face a lot throughout the entirety of the show, right? It's, mm-hmm. we, we, bring this, we brought it up a lot. It's one of the central points of the show. At what point, how do you balance, uh, you know, staying true, staying, caring for your friends, basically, and then the needs of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think at this point, what he does is actually a really great reflection of, you know, his state of mind. Right now, he's not really embraced his role yet, and then he is... You know he's clearly concerned for these two people that have only really shown him affection and um, affection and concern without any real need to
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think I think you guys are looking a little too much into it I think it's just a matter of uh, his friends are sick so he's willing to do anything in his power to get them unsick um, so I, I don't think the enthusiasm is more so, oh, thank God I can distract myself from saving No, no, life.
0: no. That's not at all what I mean. No, no, no. I mean that he's – when I say enthusiastic, I don't mean like, oh, yes, let's go. I just mean like it seems like he's much more hesitant with um, with matters of the world and much more action-oriented when it comes to matters of his friends.
1: Right, right. Or can you look at it on on the flip side that his friends being sick slow him down from learning, you know, the other elements. So this is the time to really get this fixed and keep on trucking forward.
0: No, because Aang has shown no – like, Aang has not shown the gung-ho we need to get to where we're going as quickly as possible mentality. He's shown a, hey, there's some guys in treehouses. Let's go hang out with them.
2: And fish to ride
0: fish and fish to ride and all the other you know random things we've been talking about for the last you know 12 episodes
3: mm-hmm.
0: so so we move on and we get to the um the start of zuko's ship and again i said it kind of hinted at this before but we get a lot more again of subtle storytelling with the fact that now that Zhao has been promoted the search for the Avatar is given more importance, which means that it was not being given great importance before this, which I think is, again, a kind of important point of showing that in many ways, Aang has not shown off this I'm the biggest threat to the Fire Nation that we know that he is and that kind of Zuko seems to think that he is. Now it it, it isn't until Zhao that someone who really is doing this mostly out of his own, for his own personal gain, because he thinks he can capture the Avatar and, and, and use that to curry favor, um, that we're seeing the beginnings of this. And it's reinforced again when we get to the guard station and you see these guards of like, oh, the Avatar's not a big deal, it's just Fire Lord propaganda. And it, it, it connects all this together. And that, that's another scene that could be a throwaway line. It could be these guards just having silly banter, which is okay, fine, whatever. But instead, they use it to, to give a little bit more subtle storytelling. Also, as a quick aside, the the writing that they give to like random guards in this show is so good. Um, I mean, I, I especially like the one in the in the finale with the birthday scene. But in general, they they do a really good job of like giving great little like one-liners and stuff to to these these sort of characters. And I just I wanted to mention that here.
1: I think that's a good way to get like. A to hum- like the uh, make these like random grunts like more humanized. But uh, I don't think that's the purpose at all. But it's just a good way to get dialogue and stuff. You know what I mean? Just like get store move a story along. You know, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It also lets them do a lot of tongue-in-cheek comments that. we we know the protagonists or the major characters wouldn't say but because they're kind of throwaway they can like get away with that Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I think it's also useful to like show what the thoughts are like I think it's also important to show the thoughts of like the regular people and even though these are I guess guys in the military like they're a lot more they're a lot lower on the sort of importance totem pole because I think that at times a show like this can get a little bit overly caught up with the quote unquote great men like you have oh we're only going to see what it, what kings do or what uh, you know the Fire Lord does what the Avatar does or the people traveling with the Avatar and I think sometimes it's important to remember like there are regular people in this world and even though These are regular Fire Nation soldiers or regular Fire Nation, you know, watch guards or whatever you want to call them. It's it's sometimes useful to, like, see what do these people think, Um, especially when you're doing world building, because a world is not just the great men. The world is everybody.
2: Also, just where – something's weird about this now that I think back on it – or now that I'm thinking about this a little bit more critically – how did Zuko know where Zhao was? For that matter, how did that he even get there? That is a difficult question. Because I... he gets intercepted on the water, right? Well, no. I think that they're right outside of port. Um, no, but like... he—he's His ship is blocks from port... Or not blocks, but you know... Uh, stopped midway by another ship, Right? Yeah, which means that
0: like you're saying, how did Zuko get off? Well, no, but he was off before. Yeah, he was off
2: the ship before Remember, that. they
0: do have they do have the small boats that he can get out, the stealth boat he can get out that he uses in the finale. Um, or I don't know, it's not technically it is, yeah, it is yeah. the finale. So the, he does have that like little small boat. So it's, it is in theory possible that he left while the ship was
2: actually like out. Oh, and I guess he just knew where the garrison was. Okay, alright, that's fair enough.
0: Which would make sense in the fact that he doesn't want his crew to know he left if he was just like, no one disturbed me, and then secretly left.
2: Alright, that that's fair enough. I
0: don't know. It's obviously not confirmed. It just that seems like it would make the most sense.
2: It was just a little bit odd in hindsight because... I mean if it was online I could probably give it a pretty easy pass. You just leave camp, it's not hard. But um,
0: Yeah. That that's kinda of what I was getting at in the beginning of like is Zuko being there spying does that make sense? That's kinda of, to some degree what I was asking. Um I don't know. I think I think that you can hand wave your, yourself over it enough and it it's not like totally ridiculous, but I, I understand what you're saying with like it being sort of weird. Uh, the timing on all of it doesn't entirely make perfect sense. All right. But also didn't have to ask the question of how. Well, I guess we know how much time has passed because they're still sick. So as eh, I was gonna say, as I say, you could maybe there's a long time in between that, but I guess that can't be. Um, so we get and gets to the the herbologist, and in general, I I didn't like this scene very much. I, I I can see the comedy they were trying to get with it, but it just seemed like very weird and unnecessary, and. I feel like the the joke that they were pulling could have been done in like five seconds as opposed to a minute and we could have been on our way and it felt like they were just kind of were holding holding our attention with this whole like the woman making the cat's dinner. It just, I feel like it was a little bit of a waste and in an episode where there was like a lot going on it just, I understand the need for downtime and I understand the need for like a little bit of a comedic break here, but it just—I I don't know—I I really didn't like the way they tried to do comedy there. And in general, this is probably my like this and there's the 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 ending are my two bigger problems. And this this one, I don't know. It's not—I I guess I, I kind of—I've said a few times it's not the biggest thing in the world, but I, I just don't like how they executed this scene and and where it was placed in the episode.
1: Those are some of my issues with this episode as a whole, like where like. I feel like they they were confused on what the tone was overall gonna be, cause like, like, so they're not seriously sick. they probably just have like a, 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 a heavy cold or flu or, or whatnot. So it's not like Aang is, is in like a, a real desperate situation to try to get them cured in a if you know what, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. my, my 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 issue is really caught in are they going for like you're going they're going for comedy on Aang trying to get. The cure for them. But then you got a very serious thing going on with Zuko, Zhao, uh, the Blue Spirit, that entire other arc, and I think everything clashes in the middle. Not, not in the end, where everything starts averaging out, but in the middle of this episode, and even the beginning, everything clashes, which is what I started to notice.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that, and that, that's kind of where, why this scene gets kind of upsetting to me, because I think what you, what you said is right in that if... If Katara and Sokka are like dying, and this is and like waiting for her to give him a cure is a big deal, then okay, there's some tension there. It's kind of like there's some build, but it, it felt instead like they were just throwing a little bit of comedy in, and and that's where, okay, if it would have been one line, it was like, oh, I have a, you know, oh yes, I can get you the cure, and then put the bowl on the table, and Ang to take it. Okay, that's a that's a quick, very subtle thing. Whatever, we can move on. Or not solid, but a very you know in-your-face, quick whatever. Instead, they I feel like they held they held that note to I don't know build tension. Except you weren't building tension. And yeah, I, I agree with Corey that it was it kind of clashing tones there. I don't know how you feel on that, Charles.
2: Mm, yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, um, I know Mark at least wasn't a fan of the frog thing at the end. I thought for a comedic break that's fine. Uh, it's it's short, it's sweet. It's ah, you were sucking on a frog, and it takes like no
0: that, yeah, fifteen seconds
2: maybe. Like it's short, right? And you get a quick chuckle out of it. Maybe it doesn't fit the tone at that point, but it's it's fine. It's there and gone. The episode's over. This this thing took like a long time. (laughs) Um, in some ways, I get that it gives the episode a little bit more internal consistency because it lets the archers get set up, and, you know, it explains how, oh, uh, they blew the signal, and then they managed to get people in position after that time, but I think watching the episode, I didn't care so much about that part, and more the fact that, man, this is, this is like something where the herbos is just walking around the garden is, ugh.
0: remember, he didn't get the frogs at the garden. He had to walk down to a river. So it's not like the archers were, like, staking out the house or something.
2: Wait. I thought they started shooting at him up by the house.
0: No, I thought it was once he got to the river and he was... Actually, I'm not sure. I don't... Maybe. Maybe you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm being... I'm being silly. I mean, I've watched this episode,
2: like... Not yesterday. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it's fair. No, I you're you're right. But um, yeah, I, I guess I guess there that makes some sense. But still, I don't know. I it just they hold it too long and like especially especially when you're doing comedy, having some timing there is everything, and not and not having um good timing there is is, is bad. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um. Although, once the, the action starts, the, the chase scene I, I really like. Um, I, I, I've said this before. I'll say this again and again and again. Another really unique fight. Now we have airbending against archery. Um, the environment is playing a huge role in this. And, and I think that that's, that's really um, really great. Um, we, we see, again, visually something that's, that's different. Um, and if, if the archers weren't really cool when they were introduced... You know shooting targets seeing them them fight ang is is great um and i also think that it's just a great choice of using arrows against an airbender where from a storytelling perspective because it allows for really interesting interaction because obviously the arrows have to travel through air so ang when he's paying attention has a really strong advantage but then we see that really ang loses because he's trying to go after the flo- the frogs and his attention is divided and that also is great because. For once, it doesn't seem like Aang is a terrible fighter. We actually get a competent Aang in this
2: episode.
1: Nothing brings more joy to my heart, especially in the Avatar universe, seeing a non-bender go toe-to-toe with a bender and super hold their own. Like, it's like, first off, think about it in, like, real life, too, and this is what makes the archer so much cooler. Like, airbenders should be able to dominate an archer because if you airbend arrows that need proper, like, you know, wind uh, uh, tunnels, all that, like, all these, like, physics behind it, like, obviously the airbender would have an advantage over archers, but, like, seeing them go toe-to-toe with not just an airbender, but the avatar, and, like, make for a competitive fight, and they're non-benders, they're not using any bending, it's just, like, a joy. It's, like, it's, like, definitely something you don't normally see in the series, too.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's, well, we see it here and there, but yeah. No, Jer-
1: but like, think about like these are like faceless archers.
0: <laughs> yeah, but remember, it is it is a bunch of them. It's not like one of them squares off against Aang. Like, it's it it, it, it at least it, like I because that I, if, if it was one archer, I actually would be upset. Where it's like, okay, Aang, like come on, you're the Avatar, you can't lose to one archer. But it, it, there's enough of them that it that it creates that cool dynamic of okay, you can see how non-bending humans can compete if they use their resources correctly.
1: But also, am I right? Shouldn't archers have a complete disadvantage against an airbender?
0: Yes, but would you agree that if Aang was not trying to capture the frogs, he would have won that fight?
1: Yeah, and that's actually kind of insulting now that I'm kind of really thinking about it. Um, I mean... I hate I, mean, I hate the fights where Aang isn't giving it his all but still is able to win. It, it takes drama out of a scene.
0: But I think at least that Aang... At least on this one, Aang is not paying attention for what seems like a reason. I, I, and then again, you can argue that why didn't he just win and then get the frogs, but Aang is kind of a silly person, so he would do something stupid like that. Um, also, you can also you could make the argument maybe Aang, because Aang doesn't want to attack, because he's Aang, he's trying to get the frogs and then run away, as opposed to... Um, Fight them like, as he would prefer to run away, but he can't because he needs to get the frogs first.
2: That that's uh, one logic. That's pretty favorable to Aang um, in terms of his thought. Process. I'm trying to.
0: I'm. I'm just trying to cut <laughs> because I, I didn't think about this at first, but now thinking about it now, yes, it doesn't make any sense that he loses unless he was not trying at all, which is what I or not or really not paying attention and he was going for the frogs, but then. Why mm. did he do that? Was no, he no. just stupid? Because at times
2: Angst is just stupid. This is a stupid moment. Think about it. We've seen him use a technique that will literally win the fight without him having to hurt anybody. He can make a ball of rotating air around himself. We've seen him do it a lot. Yeah. That's
1: what I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm saying yeah. an Airbender should be a no contest. Even uh... It should be,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm I'm, I'm going to take back my previous statements about a competent Aang in this scene. Aang in the, le, the in the final fight is competent, but no, this one
2: is this one's kind of bad. All right, Aang, get your shit together. Uh, I will say though that, especially in this early part of Avatar, um, we do see a lot of how bending is very psychological psychologically affected. Mm-hmm. In that, if you're not focusing, it's very easy for you to make mistakes or how you can be emotionally uh distracted or your lack of confidence may make your techniques fail and yeah um, this is clearly like you said one of those moments
0: yeah i i do like that a lot about bending that it's more than just like oh this is your power it's it's much more um spiritual than that
2: Also, they they totally took the archers and made, um... Oh, God, what is that show? The thing with the giant people eating the uh, humans in that city? Shit. I have utterly
0: no idea what you're talking about. It's like the...
2: I mean, the main characters fight almost exactly the same way as the UN archers do in the sh- in the scene. They use uh, ropes to repel long surfaces because Aang can get through because he's the Avatar and his airbending. They they have to be really creative about how they use the trees to brace themselves falling and then use ropes to alter their trajectory down.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, but you no, know, okay. I- their fighting is great. Aang's fighting is. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not so much.
0: Ugh. I feel like we should just turn the show into like wa- reasons Ang sucks.
2: He gets, better, episode, he gets better. And he, le- he
0: does, but.
2: And he he
0: used he, ice here. You, you're right, he does. And you, you know what it is? I, I It's Toph. We haven't. Until Toph toughens him up.
1: I have a question for you. Let's say I miss you, you Toph. Toph. Let's say the world's in danger right now. Right now, world out of balance. Which avatar would you rather have in your back right now? Would you rather have Anger or, or uh, Korra? Like right now, like in real life, who would you, which avatar do you feel? Oh, in before?
0: this world, which, yeah, right now, which
1: world's out of balance? Wait, either, no. wait.
0: When you say when you say right now, in the world of uh, of Book One, Episode Thirteen, or of no, no, you know, no, no, no the no, United no, no. States of America, two thousand February
1: Thirteenth. You live in the Avatar universe here in twenty seventeen. And you need an avatar to bring shit back into balance. Who do you want? But it's like,
0: does the world look like Earth does right now? Is Donald Trump president in this world?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, we have Trump. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess Aang. Yeah, see? Like, I always hate
1: on Aang. I guess. I realize how bad is. No, but that's because
0: old Aang... But then I don't know! But then again... (laughs) Then again, Core is the one who knows how to deal with fascism, so I'm gonna go with Core. Actually, ah, i oh, changed on. my oh, Kor. no, 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 no. It's definitely Kor. Ang,
2: Ang, what do you, what do you <laughs> Eng mean? Ang doesn't know
0: how to deal with fascism? <laughs> like, Are
2: you crazy? Ang
0: yeah. deals with a monarchy. That's not fascism. Are you that's serious? that's world.
2: Have you seen the Fire Nation? <laughs> 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 yeah, Dude, you're you, right. You wrote in your notes. Oh, I love how Zhao got promoted because of it. <laughs> you're right.
0: You're right. You're right. You're. Right. I'm just. Trying i trying to fuck with Cory here.
2: <laughs> um, no, but legit, like, older Aang. Maybe not Aang at this point, but full Avatar Aang. Um, you know, he helped establish a world government, ushered in a new era of peace between the nations. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. broke apart the world's strongest dictatorship, you could argue. Mm-hmm. Um, Korra, on the other hand... dude, let's be honest, she got her butt kicked a lot. Like, a lot. Yeah, but lot. so did so did Aang. No, but, like, think about uh the season, or, I mean, Avatar, Avatar. boss, and Airbend only is three, and course five, but, dude, she comes out of, like, every season, like, badly.
0: Only seasons one, two, two and three.
2: But that's right.
0: we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna go down we're gonna go down a really ridiculous rabbit hole and we're gonna be 45 minutes into that rabbit hole before we get out of it so I'm gonna stop us now <laughs> from that okay there will be times to have these discussions but right now is is not the time okay is that okay with everyone
1: yeah I,
2: I just had a quick thought. We know that um, core can spirit bend, right, or bend spirit energy. Yep. Is energy bending? Yeah, we know. How? We know Ang learned it from the Lion Turtle, right? Yep. This the like inherent knowledge better than the gained one. What do you mean? Cause he didn't. He couldn't or we don't believe he could do it before he was gifted, like, all of the knowledge from the turtle. Kind of like Wan with um, his stuff. Um, yeah. But
0: Korra's... I mean, Aang he, does get the power to remove bending. Korra never has that power.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm, like, thinking... But then Korra gets the
0: power to give bending, so actually, no, I take that back. I'm not yeah, so
2: it. I'm thinking, like, wait, is... It's a kind of interesting balance, but anyway it's unrelated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to I don't know. Back to the blue spirit. Um, once Aang's captured, um the, the the moment with Zhao um talking to Aang, um I, I I give like Zhao at times can be a little bit slapstick, but you gotta give him give him credit for hitting Aang pretty hard there with, with the line of being um, the last of his kind and and you can see that Aang kind of has a bit of bravado he's like I'm going to stand up to Zhao here kind of similar to, to how he stands up to Zuko when he first gets captured in episode uh, 2 um, but the moment his people are brought up you can see just Aang is, is how sad and dejected he is and I think that that um, that that work that line itself works really well and helps us kind of show both the evil not e- evilness of Zhao but also how like he can find a find a way to, to really sting someone and we saw it a little bit earlier on with him and Zuko that he knows how to sting Zuko but we're seeing it here too
2: yeah Shao's um, Shao's kind I, of I, good at being a dick
1: I like him so much Like again I, I use the word like you know, not the way you guys think I'm using the word like I'm, I think he's such a good at what he is and I think that's why I was saying earlier, like promotion is perfect for him. I like, admiral is at least naval wise is probably the highest you can go. Uh, so I'm just I'm happy someone like him is like, you know, the admiral of the fleet, and it's such a, like a especially you know what comes to him at the end of the season. So it's a good like send off, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't when you say he's an admiral. I mean, I don't think he's like the highest up. I think that he's. He's up there, but not, you know, at the, the very top. Um, and I think Zhao does play a good role. I think Zhao has a good balance between competence and over-the-top. Um, because it, it would be a little bit problematic if Zhao was, like, kind of terrible. Like, if, if it felt like Zhao was terrible at his job and he just kind of sucked because then it would be like, oh, why is he getting promoted? It seems like Zhao is actually pretty good at being an admiral or being, a, you know, a, a commander, um, which is good. I... I I like—I think Zhao—I think they do a good job with Zhao, and I think where they go with him eventually is, is, is really interesting. Um, but at times, I feel like Zhao is a little bit enigmatic of the—of one of my slight problems with the Fire Nation as a whole, where the villains are a little one-note, if that makes sense. Where they're not—there's very little—there's very little redeeming qualities to them, Um like you might like Zhao as a villain, but there's no point where you're like, "Yeah, I see Zhao's point. He's a he 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 he's he's a regular. He's
2: a good guy."
1: Well, you're not supposed to. <laughs> well,
2: but the, it's like a very kid show kind of thing, right? Like we don't. What what is Azula's redeeming qualities? What are it does she?
0: But, I, well, but I, think, I think Azula fits... Sorry, Kyle. I'm going to say this and I'll let you go. Ahead. I think Azula they they work it with her, her eventual mental state and her downfall um, being due to her own mental issues. And great, Zhao's downfall kind of fits as well too with his hubris and, and what happens to him. But I, I, I'm i not saying it's every villain needs to be like this but I would have liked a little bit of it. A little bit of that kind of moral gray area. And I think that, they, they, that the they think that the, what they're going to do with that is um, Zuko. Zuko is their, quote, more or less moral gray area. But because Zuko eventually becomes a straight, 100% good guy, there's never really a villain that feels like they have a point.
2: You mean like, uh, oh, I empathize with that person? Yeah, I, I'd agree. Um by the end of the series, at least,
0: But like there just there isn't there isn't a mo like a, a I don't I hate to go back to this because I just pulled us away from this, but I do think that the one thing Korra does better is give us villains, the first two notwithstanding, that have they're making a legitimate point. They just went too far, while the Fire Nation feels very force of nature they're evil that's it there's no there's no time when you're like you know maybe the fire nation is the right side of this war there are times when we get evil earth kingdom guys or evil you know whatever but we never get that like moral complex wow should ang really stop this that we at times getting core and that's that I, I I hate to pick on Zhao because because he's not I'm not saying he's bad but I do think that he kind of sets the tone for this relatively one-dimensional villains.
1: Well, again, I, I think that's Zhao's point. Zhao is not the main villain by any stretch of the imagination. He's the the top guy. He's like if you if you go to Transformers logic, he's like Starscream to Decepticon. Like he's not supposed. He's not. The most competent person in the world he's just someone that's very cunning and and more so he, he's there to be like a foil especially to people like especially in the beginning of the series you, you got you got iroh and you got zuko he is meant to be even more of a foil to both of them and where i do agree with you on in the, the main villain here is the fire lord the fire lord really doesn't have any redeeming qualities e- either and I wouldn't
0: even consider him a character, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, but
1: he's theoretically the main... Yeah, yeah. no, okay. he's a,
0: I just think he's a force of nature, and he's not to, even...
1: To go on to Azula, what, uh, Azula obviously can't get redeemed in any way, shape, or form out her actions, but what, what makes her separate from someone like Admiral Zhao is that she's a firebending master. She's probably the best firebender you see at full steam even better than the Fire Lord because by the time the Fire Lord faces Aang it's just a different ballgame but like Azula is just so good at what she does that's what makes her menacing
2: wait why is Two? it different
1: because Zhao is incompetent if you think about it Zhao would never be able to face No anyone no, no. I, that...
2: I, I mean between Ozai and Azula
1: um well I think I think
0: what Corey is saying is we only get to see Ozai fight once and it's during the comet while well, Azula we see being an amazing firebender all the time. So she's the best firebender that we have a lot of time to spend with.
1: I think she's... And she's also, like, in my opinion... She's, like, in my opinion, like, the Darth Vader of, like, the Emperor Palpatine. Where you see her out in the field the entire time. And what makes her so menacing is how just good she is. While, you know, you you only see... Just like in Star Wars, you only see the Palpatine at the end of it all... uh, you know, and that's that. He's just there to be taken down in the end of it all, like most fan, like a lot of fantasy stories. Yeah. To be fair, but that's that's how it goes. So yeah. I agree with what you said. Korra really shines, especially in season three, and even I'll argue season two um, with more complex villains. Um, but I think, again, right now you're 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 in a, a fantasy story where you're you're having these this team take down the evil lord, and that's very. Just,
0: you know, common, one, two, three. Yeah, I mean, it's common, but that doesn't make it, like... I don't think that saying it's common means... But is what, an excuse.
1: What, what... Now, I'm, I'm actually curious what you both think about this. Do you think the Fire Lord being more fleshed out and complex would have improved the series as a whole, or no change at all? Like, would your feelings be more improved if you, you can empathize more with Admiral Zhao, Azula, or the Fire Lord?
0: I think that if there were, not all of them, but if one or two had and when I say redeeming qualities I, I, I want to be careful with like what that means. I, I'm not saying like they're nice or they're good people. I'm saying that you look at their motivations and you say they have a motivation that is actually pure. Because if you look at it What is the—the Fire Lord, all he's trying to do is take over the world. There's no moment where the Fire Lord even seems to hint at, like, I'm making the world a better place. Like, I'm just going to burn down the the entire Earth Kingdom. That's not a good—no one will think that's a good thing to do. Azula at no moment has this, oh, yeah, she seems to have a point. No. Zhao, same thing. Killing the Moon Spirit is objectively evil. There's no— even if he thinks it'll win the war, there's no like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But well, you see it like,
1: no. But and I think on. that me, I want to I just want to pause you right there. Uh, um, Admiral Zhao doesn't know killing the moons. He doesn't. He's not spiritual, and he doesn't really know bending. He's a non. Uh, not, I'm not saying he's a non-bender, but he doesn't. Know, like he didn't. If he knew the stakes, I don't think he would have done it. When I say uh, the stakes, I mean if he really knew the depth of it. But I think. He's, he was like a scorched earth technique, and I, I I think he what he thought he was doing wasn't just evil for the sake of being evil. I thought it's do anything in order to capture the avatar ruthless type deal.
0: That's that's fair. I'm I, I'm I'm not like I'm not saying oh he's like just pure like diabolical let's watch the world burn type of evil. I'm just saying that there, there's there's no moment where like where like see like Zhao is like. I am doing this because I believe that once the Fire Nation takes over, everything in the world is gonna be great. Like, I I just think I, I there's a great line that says, like, a good villain thinks he's right. A great villain is right. And that that's the thing I think is missing. And to me, Zhao, while plays his role very well and is executed well, kind of sets the tone for this. There's no there's just a lack of moral complexity on the side of defeating the Fire Nation. They place all of their moral complexity in Zuko as a character and certain moments with members, like different factions kind of within the Earth Kingdom, occasionally other places as well. Shit. They don't, the vil, main villains have no real, don't, don't have that. And that's what I'm, I'm missing. But I, guess. I don't
1: think it's missing in the show right now because this is again, this is Avatar: The Last Airbender. It establishes an entire, not just it establishes a world, a world, and in, and in, 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 you got to look at it in, in fantasy where you, you that's why Korra is able to do stuff like that because Korra, you already have an established universe now that the Last Airbender left you, and now you're able to go into deeper, more complex villains. But if you if you think of the basic of what a fantasy universe needs to do. This is not about the villain. The the Fire Lord is irrelevant in the end. Like
0: Yes, and, I, I completely agree. But the Fire Lord is completely I don't
1: think it's lacking in the last airbender. If you it, it, like this is something that is not you don't need a complex villain that's not just the, like quote unquote, not the emperor who just wants to rule for the sake of being in power and then these henchmen that are just ruthless in order to help like, you know I don't think you need more in this circumstance, especially because the show it's not about your villains, if you think about it. You're right. It's about Zuko and his redemption, and it's about Aang coming into himself and realizing his destiny. And it's again, it it sounds very basic, but it, that's the point. And I think Avatar shines for other reasons. I
0: and I I I, I totally agree with all of that. That the uh, Avatar shines for other reasons, and I'm I love this show. I'm not I'm not I'm not here to say oh this show is 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 bad because of this. It's just the the, the the tiny thing that I think is missing and I look back on Zhao and I think to myself yes this was the start of that we're going to have these relatively simple villains and we're going to focus exclusively on our leads which works out and the show is, is in, in some ways the show is better for it but I just I'm not as you like you really love Zhao as, as a character and as a villain I'm not as high on him and I think that the reason it, it comes to it is that if there was another villain in this show that that had a little bit of moral complexity I'd say okay Zhao is the, the early villain that, that was great whatever everything's good but because there isn't I kind of just I'm left wanting a little bit more mm-hmm. but it's small that's Charles, you wanna have a last word on this because as we we did just spend like 15 minutes talking about villains. I wanna no, I mean pick the pick the pace up a little bit.
2: <laughs> no, we should slow down. You know, if we're if we're about a third to a halfway through this episode. We can we can drag out another like hour that. or so.
0: Okay. Uh, hey. uh,
2: Two no, episodes but, in a row, we're well, just going do, forever. I, I think I agree with Corey more on this point. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to. In some ways it would have been nice had the anyone in the Fire Nation had more depth as a character, but at the same time, dude, this makes this show like s- simple and straightforward, and that's great. Because mm-hmm. when you have less complexi- complexity in terms of uh, an overarching plot or goal, You can spend more time. You can get in more depth. You can spend more time on the details, and that's what really brings—or for me at least—it's what really brings uh, shows to life. What what makes them stick in the imagination? Like Avatar is great, or I mean, one of the reasons Avatar is great is because the characters they build, like civilian fighter, everything are so you know human or so motivated and they're like and that's the point right they're all in contrast all of these people all of these things are in contrast to the to, you know to the villains had they also had like that kind of a lot of that human element i think it probably would have been a little bit conflicted as to um you no know, just the like tone of the show Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, that's fair. And one, la- and one last right. thing, I just want right. to quickly add. La- last wait, wait, thing before, no, yeah, no, go quick. ahead, Corey. Last thing.
1: Um, with especially when establishing fantasy universes, the the thing is, you you like what Charles said is, is spot on. You need to do less is more. Like you're you're establishing cities, you're establishing different cultures, and you're, it's more, especially when you're you're starting. Like look at like Lord of the Rings. There's what's this like these strong? Like, there's no real strong. It's like a simple story to get the plot moving, just so you could live in the universe and see things. In, that's what that's what I think when I think of Avatar is like these are just that, whatever. That's in the background, overarching doom. But then now you're living in a world. You're you're seeing Ba, ba Sing Se. You're you're seeing what the the water tribes are like. You're seeing all of this stuff, and that's what the last Airbender like needed to do. And like. If they did something more, I think it just would have overshadowed like the universe building they were doing.
0: That's a fair point. Um, I'm sure that we will return to this topic a lot because this is an overarching theme type of thing. Um, but I want to get back back to the episode um, just so we don't we don't go forever.
2: Um, oh, also, at this yeah. point in the episode, we're still um, we we went to this when we were talking about Zhao and insulting Aang when he has him captured. Yeah. Has no one in the Fire Nation realized that if they just kill him they win the war? Well, that's
0: what I want to ask you about. I'm okay with the we're not gonna kill you because the Avatar would be reborn and we would have to start our search all over. I, that doesn't bother me because that's that's not totally like bullshit. Like that is baked into this world, it is a, a thing that goes on, but do you think that that's a... like, do you think they should just kill him and say, alright, we'll deal with the next one when it happens?
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean... I, I mean, if... yeah. They know Sosin's come, is coming in a year. Right? They've caused they this thing down to, like, the month, weeks. <laughs> um, Seriously... If they just kill Aang here, if Zhao killed Aang here, uh, the Fire Nation wins the war. That, that's it. Uh, the Earth Kingdom falls, the Northern Water yeah. Tribe falls, it's all over.
0: Yeah. yeah. I guess you could argue, though, that he would want to send him back to the Fire Nation so the Fire Lord could, like, be there. Like, that seems like it's important enough that You'd want it, it, it'd be better for him to be like, here's the avatar, you can do what you want with him, right? I guess... I don't know, I'm trying to
2: justify this. I mean, for the for, from Zhao's perspective, for the currying favorite thing, yeah. Maybe. Um, from, like, a war tactic standpoint, and, you know, we give Zhao some, you know, a decent amount of credit for a war strategy. Not not the brightest decision also he doesn't even make any attempt to like Aang is perfectly unharmed
0: yeah but the one the one thing is it's not like it's been a really long it's not like they let him sit like he's like sitting there for six months or something like you know you, you can kind of I feel like you could make the argument Jow's like alright let's at least consult with advisors like what is the right way you kill an avatar like you know <laughs> oh, that that kind of thing. Just kill them.
1: It doesn't matter.
0: Well, I mean, what if he goes into the Avatar state and fucking murders... Like, it's not like he couldn't murder Zhao from that point. He would have, if we're being honest. Wait, I don't what? know. Corey, you want you wanna, what? to... What, what? Sorry,
2: Charles? Oh, no. I mean, like, okay, sure. Maybe there's a right way to kill an Avatar, which... Uh... But, uh,
0: maybe, maybe it's... Is it, is it throw metallic liquid poison at them?
1: What are you talking about? You can kill... No. The av- oh, you're talking no. about the... Ab- I'm not... I'm not...
0: I'm not... No. We're, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. We're not getting down that rabbit hole. Again. Sorry. Corey, on the, the, the not killing Aang thing.
1: If I were the Fire Lord, I wouldn't want him captured. I'd want him killed. Sure, he gets reincarnated, but that gives you another long... First off, not only does that give you a really long time of just being the Fire Lord, but it also, you have no airbenders anymore, so you killed the last airbender, so you're not gonna have a master all four elements, it's just such a smart move, like, immediately, don't capture but him.
0: would you kill him on sight, or would you kill, you know, he capture him, on, deliver so him I to you? I would put a bounty
1: on his head, not dead or alive, I'd okay. be like, kill on sight.
0: Alright, fair enough, that's, 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 that's fine. Also, even, um, even if
2: we assume Dang yeah. was supposed to be kept alive for the Fire Lord, Zhao doesn't even like beat him up a little bit dude he's tied up in chains and in a prison yeah
0: yeah. All he, right. he says
2: him. he says he will keep yeah, him alive alive
0: <laughs> <laughs> but just alive and you're right he doesn't do that and you know alright
2: Zhao, Zhao
0: <laughs> you should have at least tortured Aang so so, so we've had our Aang get your shit together moment now Zhao get your shit together you just you fucked up you fucked up real good um so zuko decides to go like break out ang and i like the the music is great uh, blending the blue spirit theme and like the really strong uh beats they use for the fire nation um like the speeches and everything is great um, also, in general, I think the stealth of the Blue Spirit is is really well executed. Um, the times they use kind of stealth-based tactics, whether it's the Blue Spirit, the Dai Li, um, so even the Kyoshi Warriors, a little bit, it, it fits really well. Um, and in general, I think that Avatar they're really good at at creating fights and moments in tight spaces. And and the the scene with the um, when when he's coming in on the cart works. Um, really well with that, where um, the, the the tight space of the cart creates a lot of like tension, um, and it, it's animated really well.
2: I also like how that's a scene that works way better in an animated show, which is inherently not so three dimensional than it would had they done this in live action or you know anything like uh, with 3D models rather than drawings. Um, just yeah. the way they cut together the images, like so: checks inside, then under, and then Zuko's you 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 piece together that Zuko's like mm-hmm. you know uh, going from the back to the bottom, and then around the other side of the car to get back in. But if you, yeah. I, I feel like if we saw that in 3D, it wouldn't. There would have been like a disconnect, you know.
0: Probably. I mean, it, I, I I'm sure someone could have done it, but I, but yeah, I agree with you a lot that they. They use the fact that this is um, uh, animated to their advantage when they can. Ah, so here, here's the point in my notes where I, where I, where I mentioned the the 1942 imagery and uh, Zhao being a little, little, little Nazi-like. Um, so yeah, so fair that you can, if you want to call. This our incarnation of the fi- of the Fire Nation fascists as well, um, but not joking aside, I do like the the foreshadowing they give to uh, this is the year we're gonna break through the wall of Bossing um I think that they do a great job of just like slowly introducing the idea of this like mythological capital, and then we will eventually see it, and it does live up to the expectations visually, um, obviously. The city itself has its issues, but I think that that um, is like great little bit of world building where they're they keep referencing this place, and it's not like we've been there yet. It's not like we're going to be there anytime soon, um, but they know that Bossing says is the capital. Bossing says is the important thing, and I give I give them a lot of credit for that part of it. Um, so once the Blue Spirit comes into the um, comes into the compound. Um, in general, I think it's interesting that they chose to shoot that scene from the soldier's perspective, where we have the the blue spirit um, surrounded in a lot more mystery. Where instead of seeing, instead of you would think, oh, the blue spirits are it's kind of what we're following. We're going to see him come in and kind of cut these guys down. Instead, we we have to watch kind of almost like these scared soldiers, and I think it does a great job of setting up the. The intrigue and mystery that comes with this character that at this point in the story we don't know who is yet and it's like is this guy real? Is he a, is he actually a spirit? What is he? And I think that that works, works really well. And uh, with it as well also the, the dual swords that, that Zuko wields I think are really cool. I like them a lot.
1: Yeah, he looks... The whole visual is awesome. Um, it reminds me of... Um, uh, very like, what's it, like? Uh, I think Chinese like old types samurais that wore it. Like, I'm trying to think of the actual name of it. I think that's what it was inspired on. Actually, the spir- the Blue Spirit. It's ba- mm-hmm. It's based off um, um, the Red Moon. I think it's called. It's in Chinese mythology. I- that I think.
0: sounds right. Um, for those of you who, but Charles would probably be better to. Answer for those of you button.
1: who play League of Legends, Blood Moon, if you would mm. know it.
0: <laughs> this is no. We are not mentioning that on this podcast. That
2: game is doesn't exist. And you know what? Actually, that I think the greatest series, best of three I've ever seen ever was played this past
1: weekend for that game. Was it? Was it? Uh, Cloud. We high? are
0: not discussing League of Legends best of threes right now. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. you are an hour tomorrow, and seven minutes into now to say yes, or no, to say
1: yes or no.
2: Wait, was it what? <laughs>
1: <Just> Cloud <laughs> 9 and Fly Cloud. Yeah, oh yeah, oh my it was. I'm going to yeah, fucking yeah, cut this out. Oh,
2: <laughs> um, But no, yeah. The, uh, red Moon is a thing in Chinese mythology. And now it's
1: blue.
0: Um, okay. So. They get or they get uh, they get found out and uh, here's our here's our moment. Finally, can we can we can we say Aang is finally competent in this scene?
1: Yes, but I don't I don't think competent's a turn. I think just average. He's like back to himself. I mean,
0: comp- competent is not great. Competent is meets the lowest bar.
1: But even when he wasn't paying attention, he he still meets the lowest bar and still is like. Doing he got he really captured. Yeah. He, he, he lost. Yeah, but it took a long time.
0: But that is not competency. That is that is we do not give out passing grades for effort here.
2: I mean, I feel like we give out passing grades for effort. We just don't give good ones out because you know our scales on the whole television.
0: That is true, but I mean, I mean in terms of Ang's skill here, it, like at least Ang and Zuko do some stuff.
2: That's true. So, yeah, I, I also like um, how um, Zuko uses the flask for water and just momentum to uh, make that work instead of, mm-hmm. you know, just. I mean, it's like creative, creative use of what he's got without showing off his inherent abilities. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So they get to the end, the doors are, are closed and, and, and Zuko tre- you know, threatens to 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 kill Aang, which is kind of an interesting you know, it's it's an interesting move. Um, the one thing I do like about this scene though is I think Zhao plays it really well with A, uh, just his actual uh, dialogue delivery there was, was great when you you know, you can see the the open the gates like it's very it's very begrudging but it, it, it works really well and then I like that Zhao ha- at least has a plan here he's not just letting them go He even though it doesn't work he at least has a strategy in mind that's like alright I have these archers I need precision I'm going to go for it and um, at least give him credit for not being like okay just leave whatever they won this round and like he at least at least tries
2: yeah, yeah. I mean There's still the whole tactical error of like opening the gates at all, um, and not understanding that like at that point, right? We can't use the gifts, the avatars, the fire lord logic anymore.
0: Oh yeah, he could just be have been like, go ahead, kill him. What do I care? Yeah. yeah. But if we do, even if we don't accept it, if at least we, at least if you, if we're gonna kind of play the he believes that the right move is to keep Aang alive, then you kind of have to... Ex- like, yeah, I know kind of like that the, if you
2: think that was the right strategic decision...
0: It's, it's like the carrying your work through on an AP exam. He's, he's carrying his work through of a mistake from before.
2: Yeah, except... Um, except this is like our college exams. It's all or nothing. You, partial credit doesn't... That's not a thing.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess not. Hmm.
2: But uh, also, also props that archer for that shot. Even though, I mean, <laughs> dude, you see how far he hits. I mean, from hits Zuko from. It's, uh... it, 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 it the Yuan
0: archers are good. There's no doubt about that. All right. So, on a, on, a, on an actual serious note, though, um. Obviously, we've all seen this show more than once, So there's, and we've been saying it the whole time. It's obviously we know it was Zuko. When you first watched this show, was that surprising to you? Was the Zuko reveal surprising?
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, especially when I was younger, I, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, the, the real question you should ask is, if you just started watching the show now at 24, 25... Um, would you see it coming? Well, yeah,
0: even now, like, do, do you think that the, that the reveal is surprising? Obviously, again, we know that it, it was, so it's not, but like, so, do you think they telegraphed it, or do you think that it no. was No, so if I watched well, it
1: for the first time now at this age, I still don't think I would have seen it coming. They Now that it happened, I see the seeds, but I wouldn't have seen what they meant until they revealed it, so I thought it was very well done.
2: Mm-hmm. If you're watching Chaos. it for the first time, they like counter prep you for it to not be Zuko. Like at the beginning, when we were talking about, is it feasible for Zuko to be on top of the thing? Well, you know, if you think of them as two separate characters, yeah, it could just be some random vigilante. You don't have an issue with it. It doesn't even come up as a, you know, point of concern. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: And because after that, they show Zuko having trouble, you know, on his boat in the water. It implies that he's not that character, or to a first-time viewer, it imply that he's not that character. Uh, mm-hmm. We know that's not the case, obviously, because we've all seen the show, and then now, in, with perfect hindsight, can see that there are some elements that point towards the boost spirit being Zuko earlier on in the episode. But uh, for sure, watching this for the first time, like if I um, if I was watching this today without ever having seen this series before, I would have been surprised.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah yeah, I would agree with that I think that they hit the the right tone there With enough uh, Hinting that when you rewatch it You can notice those things and be like Oh wow that yeah it makes perfect sense um, But at the time I, I definitely Didn't know it was Zuko And I don't think I would if I was watching this show For the first time um, Switching gears though now From our being surprised to Aang Because Aang is obviously extremely surprised And to me, this is a really powerful scene, and I, and I really enjoyed um, the, how sad and important this was because you can see Aang's philosophy um, drawn up so well here. Where A, he's the type of person who wants to kind of be friends with everyone, he wants to know as much about the world as he can, um, and from his early days, that like he has friends all over the world. Um, we get He brings up Kuzan, who you know, we're, we're going to talk about again uh, you know, much later on at the start of, of Book 3. But I think that it, it, it shows just where Aang is from a philosophical standpoint at this point, where in his old world, things were simple. It was meet people you like, become friends with them. Great. And that's it. And now you're in, he's in the world of, of war, where the Fire Nation is the enemy. And it, you can see how hurt it is because you know Ang is saved by this person, and you can kind of think like knowing what we know about Aang, he's got to be like, oh, this is going to be a new friend of mine. This is going to be someone who I can you know really get to know because they seem like a good person. And it turns out, at least at this point, it's Aang's enemy. Um, and that's and that's just that's just really powerful because we you have to. I think that it's it is at times lost the 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 strain that's put on Ang for being gone for a hundred years. The world is completely different from what he grew up with, um, and he has to adjust to it. And you you don't have it's not like this war came on and he had any time to adjust. And not that you know yeah wars come out of nowhere, and and it's not like a, a little bit of time would be anything, but. Aang had no time whatsoever to adjust. He woke up and suddenly the war is almost over and he needs to save the world. And I think that this scene kind of encapsulates that all very well and they, they, they execute it you know, almost damn near perfect.
1: And I think this really like throws Aang's view off. Like, Aang right now is really... There's like friends... Then there's enemies. Like, I don't think he's ever had a dynamic with someone like Zuko in his entire time. You cut out. Uh, what did I cut out?
0: You cut out at dynamic.
1: Like, I, I don't think he's ever had a dynamic with someone like Zuko. Like, usually it's more black and white for Aang for at least how people are. I think this is like his first experience with like a gray area.
0: I, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that a little bit though because I feel like it's not that Aang has a black and white view of the world. I think it's more the opposite that to Ang it's like I feel like he's never had someone as an enemy. Like I feel like it's it's more that he looks at everyone, tries to find the good in them and wants to be friends with everyone, while now he's being forced to be put in an almost black and white world where suddenly the fact that Zuko saved him isn't enough. Zuko and him at this point in the story you know, the the ending notwithstanding this point in the story are not going to become friends there's no grey area between Aang and Zuko here Zuko saved him exclusively for his own selfish reasons, there was no oh, I'm going to begrudgingly help you he was doing it entirely to capture him himself and I feel like it's almost the opposite where Aang has suddenly been forced to be put in this black and white world when he's used to not seeing enemies looking for For the good in everyone. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. But, on the other hand, it's a very Avatar-esque mentality to have, right? Like... What do you mean? you, you, You know, your role is to bring balance to the world, to keep the world in balance. It's very hard to do that when you just see people as, you know... You don't look for the best in people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we we talked about the past lives thing and how much of you know past lives, personalities, etc. carry over. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a, a part of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's also also true. But in but all in all, I think it just comes to seeing Aang being forced to to be confronted with how much the world is different and how much he has to adjust his mentality to deal with this. Um, Of course, then you have the other side of it where you have Zuko. And I think that when you see the ending where Zuko kind of looks up at the flag, um, it's really great because this is the first time you see Zuko like actually betray his country, like betray his nation. And he's kind of beginning to reassess his priorities. He's sort of figuring out what is the most important thing to him. Is it, you know, is it, um, the fire nation itself, or is it his own personal needs and what's more important. And eventually that process does lead him to changing sides because he discovers what's actually important. And, and, and not that this is the, I guess the first step because we have a very long way to go. And in some ways this was not, um, even though he did save Aang, this was entirely about himself and, and capturing, uh, capturing the Avatar in the end. But you you can kind of see that this is the beginnings of, of Zuko questioning his place in all of this.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, when Aang is talking about Kusan, uh, we get some really great shots of Zuko's Uh, Expression as the story ends and as he moves to attack Aang once. Um, The scarred eye aside, you can see that it's not like the just blind rage eyes that Zuko has at this point in the series or anything. It's like a very considering look. Not like, "Oh, oh, I agree with you, oh, I feel for you. More like a, hes actually thinking about what Aang is saying, and then you, and then we can note that like at the end he doesn't even attempt to pursue Aang through the trees. He just kind of stands up and then goes back to the ship, which is um, yeah. you know yet another sign that his thought process is starting to change a little bit, and then he's starting to think about well, you know who, what what am I? What is my goal? Is it the same yeah. as? just find the avatar and catch him for the nation or is it me or yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: all right so the very end of the episode we get a little bit of comedy which is in line with what we've gotten in in most of the episodes so far they seem to like to end on a comedic note and in general i like that but for a minute i'm going to kind of get up on on my own rant here i really didn't like the comedic uh pitch in the last Bit of the scene, I think that that the, the scene we just talked about um, between Ang and Zuko was so powerful, and it's such a great somber tone to it. And it gets totally undercut by a little bit of silly comedy with with the sucking on frogs part. I understand why they did it, but it it upsets me because this is an episode where, in general, we have a kind of happy ending from the standpoint of Ang is not hasn't been captured and. Like Everything is kind of okay, but it's somber on a, on a deeply emotional and philosophical level. And that's a very powerful way to end an episode. It, it, it's one thing to sort of be sad, like, oh, bad things happen. It's another to be, I'm sad because my perspective in the world is changing. And I think this would have been a great moment for just keep... That somber tone, that last line with with Katara saying, to did you think? Do you think you made any friends?" And Aang says, "No, I, I I don't think I did." To me, that's where the episode should have ended, and everything else just kind of it, it takes away from what was a spectacular ending. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but for me, I I really didn't like it.
1: To me, it's just that's it. Represented this is where you see the tone. Struggle in the episode the most, and and this is where I, I, I think it really got cemented. I agree with you. you. You you it was fine when you were dealing with the sub arc of just trying to make Katara and Zuka uh, and uh, Sokka better, but now you're you're in a position where you drop some serious stuff. And you're you're right. I think you could have just ended it there, and, and that was that. But you know it is what it is. It, it's more about a running theme, especially in book one, to end on a happy note. Yeah.
2: Mm, I didn't have that much of a problem with it, but that, I mean, that could be because I know that they do do that a lot through book one, and that's fine from an overall series. One, like, the series for sure becomes more somber towards the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like, by book three, we've got every episode is, like, a series, it's like, oh, you know, this is so important. Um, so I, I'm actually glad that they, they tried to keep book one light. Yeah, it doesn't work with the episode itself, but it's still nice that from a series point of view, they do keep it, uh, they still keep the beginning lighthearted so that you aren't like burnt out from everything being, you know, super serious. Um, it's like how uh, he kind of burnt out on Bat, or I mean, Batman kind of burnt out a little. The movie series at least, because can, you can only do gravelly voice and serious stuff for so long without a gap in between, but they, they never set up for any of that. Uh, here it's like they're trying to say we can be both serious and comedic. It doesn't work well in this episode, but... We've seen it work for prior episodes. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and and in general I agree with that in that I think that it's good that for the most part they try and keep book one relatively light, and I think that's for the most part good. This to me, though, was a moment that they could have, they didn't need to do that, and it would have been great. And I just think that it's not like, yes, the last episode was a pretty powerful episode as well, but if you think about overall the, you know, Coming up, we you know we have a a relatively comedic episode next week. A very important episode for our podcast, of course, because of a character that will be introduced, Neymar. woo. But in general, I think this is this is where it could have. They it just it, it just what didn't seem necessary to me. All right. So with that, we are going to wrap up. Um, if Lindsay has thoughts, I will cut them in now.
3: So me personally, I always found that um, the blue spirit was. Probably one of my favorite episodes of especially the first season of Avatar. It just, it has so many really like deep moments to it. But also, of course, the typical Avatar comedy. And I I just especially loved the type of relationship that it just makes us look more at Zuko. Like, um the, especially the one line at one point when he realizes that Zhao now is like all the control that he could to... Get the avatar he says, like, my honor, my throne, my country, I'm about to lose them all. And it definitely makes you, um, obviously, in the last episode, we saw what happened to Zuko, so we kind of feel bad for him. But then hearing that and like the despair in his voice, it kind of makes you see like a more softer side to him. And especially just the rest of this episode, even in the like the stealth type of movements that he uses as the blue spirit, it Shows, like, a different side to Zuko because we're so normally used to seeing him very get, get very upfront, very to the point, very blunt. Like, if something doesn't go well, he just explodes with the temper. temper. His fighting style, too, is very aggressive, very, like, forthcoming. So to see him in a type of situation in which he has to be very, like, stealthy and careful, it was definitely a good balance. And actually, I remember when I first saw this episode, I didn't realize that the Blue Spirit would be him because it was just so different from his normal fighting style. And he also never uses firebending too. So I thought that was really just a smart, kind of clever way of kind of hiding it to the last minute of who the spirit actually was. And obviously it, get, it kind of gets more into the in depth of his character of the type of betrayal that he's willing to do to help himself. And it just definitely kind of brings up some deeper sort of ideas about what, Zuko is really willing to do to achieve honor, um, and again, I, I definitely do appreciate the uh, comedic aspects of uh, Sokka coming around, like, "Oh yeah, who's this anger talking about, your highness?" And just, and I, I just always love the crazy cat lady with Miyuki because she's just so priceless, and I, and there's just like a lot of really good moments in this episode, so. I'm going to have to probably give it a 9.2. Especially just because it, it has a good balance, again, of the comedic aspects but then so it has a lot of the serious aspects of it. It, it also shows um, a lot of interesting dynamics within the nationalistic type of uh, format that the Fire Nation really is it Also, again, it reaches us to Zhao because he's one of those characters that obviously we were introduced to in the beginning, but have him come back and kind of put forth as remember guys this is like bad guy right now so i think over i think i just said it but i don't remember so i think overall i'm gonna have to give this episode a 9.2 and yeah hope you guys enjoyed it
0: all right so final ratings for everyone so Corey, I'd like to you to give your rating. Go ahead.
1: Um, this episode suffered, um, I, I guess, it's my third viewing now. Um, I liked it a lot more when I was younger, and my first time around. Um, and I'm not saying it's a bad episode. I'm saying it's actually an above-average episode. But it, it, it's definitely something that with the nostalgia goggles off, and I, I could really view it critically. It fell a little bit in my books. as I said earlier, there's a a tonal issue that struggles in this episode and I feel like there's a lot of elements that should have been taken more seriously and I think they focus too much on the wrong arc and I I, I think when I finally did focus on on the correct arc that ended up that ends up having repercussions throughout the show they they shift back so it takes away some of the importance of what we saw today, um, at least for me it did Um, so overall I'm going to give this episode a 7.5
0: All right. So, Charles.
2: Damn, that, that, that's slow, man. <laughs> um, just yeah, out 7. of curiosity, just out of curiosity, Corey, what would you have given the Great Divide? I gave
1: it a five.
0: Give it a straight five. Okay. All right.
1: Again, a seven point five sounds bad, but I'm comparing it to all of. A seven
0: point five is not bad. Yeah. A seven point five is a very good.
1: I think we're in like the age of like IGN reviews where you see a 7.5. You're like, oh, that's pretty – that sucks. And you look at like test scores, like a 75 sucks. But when I'm scaling – grading something on a scale of all of the television I've ever watched in my life, a 7.5 is above average. And not only just above average, pretty much very above average. If, if
0: you're giving it a 7.5, you're saying, J- I recommend this. This is very good. I mean you're not saying it's transcendent, but yeah. yeah. um.
2: I guess the top 25% of TV we watched.
0: And and I'm
1: also comparing it to to Avatar The Last Airbender where they they do it a lot better on a lot of other episodes.
2: That's true. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, um, while I agree with some of the theming points that were brought up, uh, especially with the stretched portion in the middle, uh, I did appreciate that this episode, I mean Avatar just as well in general, but um, that's this episode manages to balance the uh, emotional tension, uh, the emotional psychological tension, especially with Zuko and his changing world view, and then uh, and getting basically uh, goaded by the death of his people. Uh, with some, you know, form of action, uh, it's pretty. It's in pretty straight cr- contrast to last week's episode where we had, uh, you know, it was great storytelling, but it was, it was. Oh, what's it called? It was like the t- telling of a story, right? Not the showing of one. Here, the emotional changes we see are shown to us. It's like in character expressions, in character action. Uh, rather than in flashback and story. Um, for me, that was great. So uh, my rating is significantly higher. I'd probably give this episode a 9, honestly.
0: Okay. Um, so for me, I said at the beginning, I, I remember, or originally I remembered Blue Spirit better than I remembered Storm. And we spent all of last week Just really just gushing over that episode and and it it was definitely the highest rated episode we've given anything. Um, Higher than Spirit World, which was the highest before that. And I think that it's deserving of it. And this episode, there are parts that I really like, there are parts that I love. There are two structural problems with it that that I find, and they both come down to, I think, unwelcomed comedic parts. And It's weird for me to say it because I love the comedy in this show. I love that they're willing to be lighthearted and joke from time to time. And I don't think it's a, oh, they took away from the seriousness. I just think that, as Corey has said a few times, it broke up the pace and broke up the tone in a way that that I just think was unnecessary. Um, With all that said, this this episode does hit on a few things that are really good. So I'm still going to give this episode an 8.5. I think it's very good. I just... I remember it better than I thought I did and unfortunately I think that if it wasn't for the ending I would be even higher on it but but the ending as I I said definitely bothered me a lot alright so with that we're going to wrap things up I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode Um, I'm not exactly sure of the scheduling next week um, we're supposed to do something a little bit different for episode 14 because it is our namesake episode but I will try and keep people posted on that Um, As per usual, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, woo underscore pod. Um, You can also see – I post everything on Facebook, so you can see stuff on my Facebook page as well. Um, Also, comments in SoundCloud, iTunes, all that good stuff. Um, And look out for our next episode. So thank you, Corey. Thank you, Charles, for doing this. And thank you guys for tuning in. And we're out.